Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by award-winning dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita, and let's begin. And welcome to episode 21 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and food peace promoter. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And today is my birthday. How cool is it that I get to record a podcast on my birthday? It's certainly something I never thought I would do, but on today, this 41st anniversary of my birth. I feel incredibly grateful for you connecting um, with me on this episode and any other episode that you've listened to. It seriously is a tremendous honor to be able to um, be in your ears right now and sharing the solutions that I've gathered over the years to help you heal your relationship with food. I would also like to give a really big hello and thank you to those dietitians that are listening and are um, sharing my podcast with your clients. It's, I know with my own clients, I feel tremendously protective over them. And so any kind of recommendation for a book or a website, I have to really be particular about. So I appreciate if you recommend this podcast, that means that you feel confident in it. And wow, that just means so much to me. And I'm incredibly grateful that you are allowing me to help you with your clients. And um, last night, actually, I enjoyed a wonderful dinner with a group of North Carolina eating disorder dietitians. So um, big shout out to you guys. Um, We have a um, professional group called the International Federation of Eating Disorder Dietitians, um, otherwise known as IFED. What a fabulous acronym. And it was started by two dietitians. One of them is Jessica Setnick. And in the show notes, I'll put a link to our group page. But basically, if you're looking for a dietitian to help you heal your relationship with food, whether you have an eating disorder or not, these are the folks to connect with because um, these are the folks that are primarily going to be really well-versed on intuitive eating, mindful eating, anything non-diet. These are the folks that you can trust as you um, heal your relationship with food. And if you have uh, trouble affording um, care with a dietitian, there's also scholarships available, which is really exciting. So all of us dietitians that specialize in eating disorders or students who are aspiring to do that work, we got together last night and just collaborated, got to know each other a little bit more. And it's such a fabulous group. So if you're in North Carolina and want to be a part of the next Get Together, please be sure to shoot me an email and I can let you know the next time we all get together. It's really fun. We always have dinner and if you want to have a glass of wine, you can have a glass of wine or beer or something like that and um, always has a dessert choice as well. So um, be sure to shoot us an email if that's something that you are interested in. And um, I think it's time to get to today's letter. Today's letter is a really great one because um, it relates to fertility. And if you listen to episode 18, where I discussed my own struggles with infertility and how that affected my body image. And if you related to that, you will also appreciate today's episode. And it's from a letter writer who is working on our relationship with food, but also is getting pressure to lose weight in order to um, get care from a doctor to help her get pregnant. So 
today's episode is really um, one that I feel passionate about and I do hope you enjoy. Take care. Dear food, let me start by telling you I love you, but do I love you too much? I have been heavy all my life and have tried a few little diets here and there, but a year ago I started a diet that deprived me of you. I missed you, I craved you, and eventually when life got a little stressful, I turned back to you. Unfortunately, I gained all 40 pounds I had lost, plus some, and I feel like my weight is still climbing. There have been so many times when I have wanted to tell myself, it's not about being skinny, it's about being healthy. I want to be able to enjoy you food, but still be healthy. Now that I've been introduced to intuitive eating, I am so excited for this change. I feel scared. I feel like I'm eating a lot of fun food right now. Will I be able to control it soon? I'm kind of desperate to be healthy. Right now, my husband and I want to start trying for a baby, but our parents and doctors keep telling me that I have to get down to my ideal weight. How do I do that and still have a good and healthy relationship with you? How do I start this new journey with food and with my family and not have it all be about you? I know that having a baby will change my body and I want to love that body and live with a good relationship with you so I can teach my family to love you and love themselves. Where do I start? Love, desperate for health. Thank you, Desperate for Health, for your letter. And um, I hope that these um, experiments that I'm going to be sharing with you are solutions that you find helpful or at least help to encourage a conversation with your family and healthcare providers for solutions for you in particular, because it sounds like you're getting advice from certain folks that um, may not be the best advice for you. You know, and I, I appreciate that any any kind of solutions or advice you hear over a podcast, um, including from me, doesn't replace medical advice, um, but I hope it does help to encourage more conversation for you. And welcome to Intuitive Eating, Letter Writer. You know, I, um, I welcome you to this experience with food that is less of a trap and, um, more enjoyable, peaceful and health promoting. And if you're listening and don't know about intuitive eating, let me share a little bit about it for you. Intuitive eating is a book that was written by two dietitians, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rush. And the, these dietitians did a wonderful job back in the nineties in writing this book when they were just fed up basically with diet culture and disordered eating that they were seeing, seeing with their clients. And this, this book serves to be a way for people to heal their relationship with food while also working towards health without dieting. And when I say without dieting, I mean without dieting, not just like without dieting, but still controlling portions or eating in moderation. It really is um, without dieting and it's just encouraging a person to use their own physiology, basically, to help pick food choices. And when we rely on our body instead of some outside external kind of message or rule, that's something that we know promotes health long term. And the people who have written Intuitive Eating and those researchers that are connected to it have done a fabulous job 
looking into the research by, into what the research behind intuitive eating and why it is so health promoting long-term. And in the show notes, um, if you're new to intuitive eating, I'll put a link to the book. And then I'll also put a link to the research behind, um, intuitive eating and why it may be something that you'll want to experiment with as well. And for you, letter writer, I know you mentioned something that I think is a really common experience when you're new to intuitive eating. You describe this freedom that just feels so awesome where, you know, food is exciting, yet you also describe this fear with it. And that excitement and fear is so common that I feel like every single person that I've been walking alongside with as they heal their relationship with food experiences the same thing. And something that I've noticed is that why it can be terrifying and exciting at the same time. It doesn't last forever. It certainly, it just lasts a short time as long as you really just don't mess with it and, and trust the process. And so that's what I would encourage you to do is um, just continue to notice that. And when you feel that fear and excitement to go ahead and just call it out for what it is, is just you're adapting to a different way of eating. And if you've been on a few diets here and there, And also, you know, you mentioned in your letter that you've been, quote, heavy your whole life. Um, I would assume that meant that you were told that your body wasn't acceptable. So maybe you weren't on any kind of diet, but yet um, your relationship with food, I would assume, got altered from getting that message probably pretty early on. So, um, you know, being patient as you explore this new relationship is I think it's going to be really important in order to to kind of move past that place where it's, it's so scary and the excitement goes away too, which I feel like is an an important thing to note because I feel like intuitive eating is not a diet. You know, it's really the, the first book by dietitians that I read that wasn't a diet at all. Um, Intuitive eating is really just meant to be to help someone heal. And, um, you know, when someone starts a diet, I, I talk a lot about and um, the first few episodes of this podcast, uh, the starting of a diet is this like, kind of like seductive fantasy and it can be really exciting. And with that excitement, it can also kind of feel calming because there's a plan. And with intuitive eating, I notice that a lot of people have that same experience. And when this beginning phase of excitement and fear starts to dissipate, just like it always does, I notice there's a sometimes people report kind of like a buzzkill, you know, and there's like less of a trust that it's going to quote unquote work because it's going to mirror the beginning of a diet in that way. But that's when I tell my clients and I tell anybody in the um, beginning stages of intuitive eating to just hold on because even though that excitement and fear is not there, um, there's more to explore and learn when it comes to intuitive eating. And that's when it's really great to have a team helping you. And so letter writer, if you don't, I would encourage you to have a therapist and dietitian working with you as you make these steps. So letter writer, something that I think can further help your journey towards health and intuitive eating is, you, you know, you mentioned controlling your food or wanting to be able to control your food soon. And um, I know that has a lot to do with the fear and excitement, making fun food just probably eaten more frequently than um, previously, especially when you were dieting or, or previously, even outside of a diet, just because of feeling like as a larger person, you may not have had permission. 
And when we try to put that word control on our food, I find that just kind of continues that tug of war instead of you know, promoting a peace and a healing experience with food. So when you notice wanting to control the fun food, I would encourage you just to do that, just to notice that you're trying to control it. Try not to judge it and um, let yourself know that that's a side effect of all the diets that you've tried and, and the messages you've gotten about your body. And that the more you try to control it, the more you will feel that tug. And an example or a metaphor I have for you is like, what if you try to control your breathing? You know, what if you try to like, only let yourself breathe so much over the next minute. Well, you know, when you finally let yourself just breathe, whatever, <laughs> you're going to have like lots of deep breaths. It's going to, you're going to feel out of breath. And it, and it wasn't that you were obsessed with breathing and it wasn't that um, you did anything wrong. It's just your body needed it to be in a balance that can't be controlled. Um, so food is the same way. You know, right now you're in this place where you're metaphorically taking some deep breaths with the fun food. And so after the deep breaths get to a point where your mind and your body and your soul, like really deep down into your soul, you know that you have unconditional permission to eat these fun things. You'll notice that they just aren't as exciting anymore. Um, but when you try to control it, that's when it's going to be tugged at again, and you're going to feel more of a obsession and compulsion to eat them or think about them. So I would encourage you to keep that in mind. And, you know, another part that I think is really interesting for you, letter writer, is that you still have this kind of mutually inclusive idea that losing weight is part of health. And I really want to challenge that. And I would encourage there you to have a conversation with your healthcare team about what this means for you. Because you do mention in your letter that you've been heavy your whole life. And so my big question mark is, well, what if that's just what your body's supposed to weigh? Because if, you know, you look at your growth charts for when you were a child and, um, you know, you may have always been plotting on the percentile charts, maybe at the 95th percentile. And if you were consistently always there, you know, the reason why we have 95th percentiles for growth charts is because there are some children um, that are going to be larger. And, you know, how do we know, especially if you always charted that way? My gut instinct as a dietitian would be that that's just what your body's supposed to weigh. And so all that um, restricting and, you know, we can only restrict for so long and then gaining the weight back and then more, um, that's something that we know without a doubt hurts our health. And it also can do things like um, increase insulin levels, which is something that can harm ovulation. And so as you look for um, ways to promote health and, um, you know, I know you want to start a family, that's something that I would just throw in there to put a wrench in the plans of, you know, you have to be at this quote unquote, ideal weight in order to um, start a family. And with your, your family and your healthcare providers and anyone listening, if especially those getting fertility treatments, and if you listen to um, the podcast with, um, let's see, I think it was episode 18, I spoke about my own struggles with infertility. And um, certainly I know in the infertility world, 
promoting um, this idea that a person has to be at a certain weight in order to get treatment is something that I do feel is discriminatory. And what I encourage you, letter writer and anyone who's getting fertility treatments and told that you have to lose weight in order to get treatments is I would possibly respectfully, or maybe not if you're not in the mood to, but to say, you know, show me the data on this. Will you show me the data um, that I need to lose weight in order to have a healthy pregnancy? I think it's important to advocate for that side, especially for those of you who've always been in larger bodies. I think it's really discriminatory to expect for you to suppress your weight in order to have the privilege of getting medicine to help you ovulate or get pregnant. It, it is something that really pisses me off. So um, yeah, I would bring that to your healthcare providers and you know, just let them know that you would like to have a conversation about this. And also on the other hand, I would say too, show me the data healthcare providers on the type of diet that I could go ahead and do that is actually going to be helping me to maintain this weight loss um, beyond the pregnancy. And that would at least five years out, the majority of people are going to be able to maintain that weight loss because there aren't any diet plans that show for more than a very small uh, percentage of the population that they can maintain that without gaining it back. Most most data that we have our hands on looks at less than a year, and some are even like 12 weeks. And honestly, people can wait, suppress their, their body for 12 weeks or a year, but there's something really interesting after about the year mark where the weight starts to come back on. And unfortunately, it's the only type of like health or medical intervention that the intervention isn't blamed, but rather the human physiology or the not even the physiology, the, the person's willpower or character is really thrown under the bus um, when it really should be the um, intervention that needs to be thrown under the bus. Because honestly, because of our physiology, whenever a diet ends and a person regains the weight, it's just proving to the to the world, basically, that they're a successful human, that they're genetically advanced to survive any kind of starvation or famine. And so, you know, I just challenge that, like challenge um, the data, where's the data on that I have to lose weight in order to have a successful pregnancy. And that also that any diet I would embark on is going to help to maintain weight loss long-term. And, you know, because of the history that you describe in your letter, um, you know, the kind of weight cycling that you've experienced with dieting that, you know, that's pretty much a good guess that's going to happen next time as well. And again, I, I hope as I say that you take that as that you're not, um, lacking any kind of willpower or a character flaw, but rather you're part of the rule, not the exception. So letter writer, you know, I know you were asking, where do you start to love your body and also experience health? And I think where to start is to make sure you have a group of people that are on your side and um, really willing to sit with you as you decide your next steps for for you as especially as you start a family and that may mean having a therapist and dietitian it may also mean getting a second opinion um, or finding a doctor that is more comfortable working with people in larger bodies 
And um, I'm going to put a link to in the show notes to um, a database of physicians and other healthcare providers who do share an approach that's similar to mine. And I, it's not a very big or, um, it doesn't have that much depth to it because there's not very many of us yet. Um, and we're always seeking to put more people on there, but, um, it's a place to start. So I hope there's, there's some people on there for you. And, you know, to continue to move forward, I would encourage you to continue to challenge the notion that you're not going to be experiencing health until you're at this, quote, ideal body weight. Why not uh, continue to access healthy behaviors and heal your relationship with food and your body? And, you know, I, I see here that food has written you back. So let's get to that. But before we get to it, just remember that your body has the wisdom and the outside noise is what's going to keep you from it. So be sure to surround yourself with people who are going to support you and sit with you as you make these next steps. And I can't wait to hear about the family you start and um, please keep us posted on how things go and best wishes. Take care. Dear Desperate for Health, The recent time reconnecting has been wonderful. We are so proud that you are allowing yourself to feel the pleasure and permission to enjoy food, any food. We notice though, your permission is still not unconditional. Your messages about your natural body size and pressures to lose weight are getting in the way of us healing our relationship. Before life gets more complicated, surround yourself with allies and advocate for your rights. Your future family will benefit from this self-care. Love, food. Do you have a complicated relationship with food and want to change? I want to help. Send your Dear Food letter to lovefoodpodcast at gmail.com. I hope to read about your experiences soon. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Love Food series. Have you enjoyed the show or would you like to give me feedback? I welcome your thoughts. Please give a review in iTunes and subscribe. This type of kindness helps the show continue. You can also tweet me at eatingpermitrd. Take care.